0: Uh, when I went to college, first time around, uh, down at Indiana State in Terre Haute, uh, I was a theater major, I was going to become a famous actor, I was going to go to Hollywood, and I was going to make it big and famous, and instead I'm in Griffith, uh, which is, is far away from Hollywood, but I am famous, in, gr- sort of, in Griffith, um, but... Uh, When I was down at school, when I was down at ISU studying to be an actor, uh, I decided to do what all good actors do, and that is get a job serving, waiting tables. Uh, So uh, I was waiting tables at the Outback Steakhouse in Terre Haute. Now, it was a very busy Outback. Uh, We had lots and lots of uh, uh, customers, and and we were busy all the time. In fact, I remember one year, uh, this will tell you about the the amazing social scene of Terre Haute, it was New Year's Eve, and we had a four-hour wait for tables, a four-hour wait. People sat in the lobby at an Outback Steakhouse on New Year's Eve for four hours for steak. Now, don't get me wrong. I loved working at the Outback. It was great. You know, I, I loved my co I liked my—I I put up with my coworkers. Um, they loved—they put up with me. Um— uh but i was good i was a good server i worked my way up to head waiter uh i was i, I had a great job you know i was doing really well and and things like that and uh I, I remember that the slogan we had the slogan uh of outback at the time was no rules just right no rules just right How many of you remember that that slogan a few of you remember how many of you have ever eaten at an outback anybody outback fans oh man is it good I loved, we had a discount, we got half off our meal when we ate there, and I ate there a lot, Um, it's like, (laughs) you know, and you don't, when you're going to go out with a girl, you ask a girl out, it's like, hey, you want to go out to dinner? Yeah, where do you want to go? Let's go to Outback, you know, because it's like, I get half off the meal, yeah, yeah, I'm a cheap date, and I hope you are too. Anyway, um, so I would, um, uh, I loved working at Outback, uh, and, and we would bend over backwards to make our guests experience a good one uh, and that's where the no rules just right came into being uh, we there were no rules I mean if, if a customer uh, wanted all broccoli instead of mixed vegetables we would get them all broccoli all right make it up put it in the microwave heat it up boil it up put it on the plate uh, if they wanted no seasoning on their steak how many of you have had an back steak you know that they're seasoned right they're really seasoned steak but if they wanted no seasoning on their steak boom no seasoning on the steak no problem no rules just right uh, if somebody ordered a Caesar salad uh, and they wanted anchovies on the side, did you know that anchovies are the secret ingredient of Caesar salad dressing? It is, by the way, just so you're aware. Uh, and if they wanted like anchovies, like actual anchovies, I mean, how gross is that, right? <laughs> and so if you wanted actual anchovies next to your Caesar salad, they would actually send out anchovies. It's whatever, no rules just right. If you wanted seasoning on your prime rib, and trust me, it's called Outback Style, and it is fantastic. It is delicious. They would season up the uh, uh, prime rib a little bit, just throw it on the grill for a minute on each side, and then serve it up. Oh my goodness, it was so good. It is too close to lunchtime to be talking about Outback, so I apologize. Um, But no rules, just right. And like I said, we would bend over backwards, and we told folks, you have total freedom here to do whatever you want with your menu. Whatever you want, we will whip it up. We will get it for you. And uh, we just want to make your experience a great one. So I was thinking about this idea of no rules just right. Now I was thinking about it in light of being a Christian. You know, because as people, we, we crave rules. And we crave structure. We need rules. We need structure. Uh, as much as we say we'd love to have total freedom, as much as I'd love to say that I have total freedom, uh, we really don't. We, we really don't want total freedom. We, we, we need rules, and, and we crave structure. You know, think about it for a minute. Uh, we have freedoms guaranteed to us by our Constitution, correct? We have uh, things like freedom of speech. But even that is limited because if you run into a crowded theater and yell fire, you know, and there's no fire, you're endangering the lives of other people. There's, the Constitution doesn't cover that. We have freedom of religion, and you may be very convicted about your religion but if, you're really, if the practice of your religion is going to hurt somebody or kill somebody that's not covered by the Constitution. So we have freedoms in America but even those freedoms are limited. You have the freedom to drive 45 miles an hour down Broad Street into 25 but you also have consequences to pay if you break the law. And that's why we like structure. That's why we like rules. That's like why we like parameters and boundaries so that we don't get into trouble you know we want to follow rules so we don't get into trouble that's one of the reasons I follow rules because I don't want to get into trouble now when it comes to Christianity when it comes to being a follower of Jesus when it comes to being a Christian what if there were no rules what is this no rules thing you say Sean well I mean what if there were no rules Whoa, 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 what do you mean? I mean, what if you were totally free? And what if you were completely free as a follower of Jesus? You see, freedom in Christ is something that the Bible talks about. Uh, We're going to start this series today called Jesus Frees Us uh, on the book of Galatians. And what we discover is that we have real, radical freedom in Jesus. And it's a little scary as to what that might mean. It's a little terrifying, actually, if you ask me. Because I've wrestled with this subject for a long time. I've wrestled with, what does freedom in Jesus really mean? You know, does it mean that I'm free to do whatever I want? Does it mean that I'm free to, you know, go where I want and do what I want, think what I want, say what I want? I mean, what is this freedom? What am I free from? What am I free to do? That's what we're going to talk about for the next 11 weeks. We're going to start this series today called Jesus Frees Us. It's based on the book of Galatians. And we're going to go verse by verse through the entire book from now until uh, right before Easter. And then on Easter Sunday, we're going to start a new series about the things that Jesus said about himself in the book of John. So that's where we're going over the next few months. But for today, I want to look at Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. If you brought a Bible, if you're watching online, uh, grab a Bible. Turn to Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. If you didn't bring a Bible, you can grab one out of the chair in front of you. It's on page 823. Or you can follow along on your smartphone or tablet. Or you can follow along up on the screen. It'll be up in just a second. So we're going to look at Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. First, we're going to take this into two chunks. First is uh, 1 through 5, and then verses 6 through 10. Uh, So read along with me here. Galatians 1, 1 through 5. Paul an apostle, sent not from men nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers with me, to the churches in Galatia. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So Paul starts this letter off to the Galatians in a typical way that uh, letters were written in that day. Uh, so first of all, he identifies himself as the author, the Apostle Paul. Now the New Testament was written in ancient Greek, and the ancient Greek word for apostle, it literally means one who is sent. So he's saying, I am one who was sent, not by humans, not by a man, or, nor by any group of men. He says, I am sent by God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. That, they are the ones who sent me. Now this will become very important in our sermon next week when we talk about Paul's authority to write the things that he wrote. That will be next week when we talk about how Jesus frees us from our past. But for today, we just want to kind of get this introductory uh, information out of the way. So Paul uh, has been sent by God to preach uh, a message and he's got a message for the churches of Galatia. Now Galatia was an area of uh, Asia Minor which is uh, modern day Turkey. So we're talking the Middle East over by the Mediterranean uh, and uh, so we're looking at an area that was it, that is modern day Turkey turkey and he's not writing to there wasn't just one church in galatia galatia wasn't a city it was a region and we're talking about several churches in the area and this letter would be uh, distributed to these different churches now there was a problem in the churches and that's what we're going to focus on for the next 11 weeks is this problem about uh and it has to do with freedom in christ okay So, uh, Paul's writing this letter to the Galatians. He's the author, uh, sent by God the Father, Jesus Christ. He is one who is sent. He's an apostle. Uh, And so, that's how letters often began. The uh, author would identify themselves, and then they would identify the recipients who they were writing to, and then they would pronounce a blessing in the name of a deity, and that's exactly what Paul does. He says, uh, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And the ancient Greek word for grace literally means unmerited favor. Meaning you can't merit it. uh, You cannot earn it. You can't buy it. You can't be good enough for it. It is grace. It is a free gift. Totally free. How amazing is that? Right? So it's a free gift. So he wishes grace upon the Galatians and peace. And peace is what comes about because of the free gift. Uh, the free gift of God is this grace that saves us, that forgives our sins, and he wishes peace for the Galatians. Again, peace is what comes about. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians uh, that we were once enemies of God in our minds because of our sinful behavior. Because of our sinfulness, we were enemies of God. But because God is rich in mercy, he brought forgiveness for our sins when he sent Jesus to die on the cross And so when Jesus died on the cross, he made forgiveness possible. And if you will, you receive this free gift very easily, very simply. If you will believe in Jesus Christ as the only way to be saved, if you will repent from your sins, which means to turn away from sin and turn to God for forgiveness, if you will confess your faith publicly and say, I believe, and if you will get baptized, in that moment, God will wash away your sins. He will forgive you 100% completely past, present, future. God will forgive your many sins. That's what he does. And set you free. Set you free from the past. Set you free from the power of sin. Set you free from the consequences of sin. Set you free to live a new life. Set you free from fear. And that's again what we're going to talk about for the next 11 weeks. So Paul writes this letter to these churches in Galatia. And says, uh, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the next part of a letter would normally be a, a section of thanksgiving. Where Paul would give thanks for the churches in Galatia, but that's not what he does. Look at verses 6 through 10. He says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion or are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ now he's talking about the gospel and the ancient greek word for gospel is this word euangelion and euangelion literally means good news it means good news and he says there are people who are preaching who are coming to the galatians to the churches in galatia and they were trying to pervert the good news of jesus and the good news of jesus is this gift of grace and peace Okay, And so you've got people coming in uh, to the churches in Galatia, and they were trying to convince them to to follow a different gospel, which Paul says is no gospel at all. In other words, it's not good news, it's bad news. And so he's got people trying to preach, the people are preaching bad news to the Galatians instead of the good news that Paul originally preached to them. The good news is salvation by grace. The bad news is salvation by works. That it's what you do that saves you. And that's what this whole thing centers around. That Jesus frees us from the gospel of good, of good works, which is no gospel at all. He frees us from the bad news of works-based salvation, of works-based forgiveness. And instead, he frees us uh, to uh, believe and receive this gospel of good news, of grace, of salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And, and so what, what Paul is saying Uh, is that there are people coming among you, and they were known as the Judaizers. And the Judaizers were Jewish Christian missionaries who were going going to the Gentiles and telling them that in order to be saved, in order to become part of God's people, they had to do so outwardly uh, before they could do so spiritually. And to do so outwardly, uh, they had to follow the sign that Moses gave to the people in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, uh, the sign of circumcision. Uh, the law of Moses said that all little boys, all baby boys, had to be circumcised as a sign that they belonged to God's people, that they belonged to God. And what Paul is saying, uh, and, and I'm sorry, the Judaizers were telling these Gentile converts who were not uh, circumcised that they needed to be circumcised before they could become Christians. And Paul says, what are you doing? I, I, and they were listening to these Jewish Christian missionaries, the Judaizers. They were listening to them. And they were undergoing the rite of circumcision. Paul says, what are you doing? I'm astonished. I'm perplexed. I'm confused. I don't know. Why are you doing this? You think that by uh, following the law of Moses that you are going to be forgiven. You think that by following the law, you've got to follow the law of Moses in order to become a Christian. And that's not the case. It's not salvation. Is not by works. It's not by uh, this outward sign of circumcision. It's not by how you follow the rules. It's not by following the Ten Commandments or, or following uh, the the laws of the Old Testament. That's not how you're saved. It's by grace. It's a free gift, and you're trying to earn the gift by trying to be good enough. You're trying to follow the rules, and that's not how you get the gift. You don't get the gift by following the rules. Jesus followed the rules. He lived a perfect life. He did everything that was commanded of him. He never sinned in any way. And because he never sinned, he was the perfect human sacrifice who could take away our sins. And so Paul is telling them, why are you abandoning this good news in favor of bad news? Stop it. Because Jesus frees us from the bad news. And he frees us to receive the good news. And so what does that mean for us? Because we don't have this issue going on in our churches today, or do we? See, I talk to people. And they're like, well, I'm a good person. You know, I'm, I'm a good person. I follow the Ten Commandments. Oh, really? Really. Well, uh, well let's, let's pull it back a minute, okay? There are 613 commandments in the uh, Old Testament. 613. How many of those do you think you could keep? How many of those do you think you could Remember? Man, you'd be what, all day long just going over your checklist. Okay, I didn't do that. And by the time nightfall came, it's like, whew, I couldn't have sinned in any because all I did was trying to make sure I didn't sin. I was just keeping checks. And then I go to bed. So, which of those 613 commandments do you think you've broken? Uh, I'll tell you what, instead of the 613, let's just talk about the 10. We'll talk about the 10 commandments, okay? The Law of Moses, 10 commandments. Uh, how many of those do you think you have kept today? Just today, we won't even worry about Saturday, or Saturday night, some of y'all. Well, we'll just focus on today. You know, okay, All right. okay, so uh, no other gods before me, I came to church. Okay, good, I'm good there, I'm good there, went to church, no other gods before me, I didn't check my fantasy football team, or uh, I didn't check uh, the sports page before I came to church, and didn't put my sports god ahead of my real god, so I must be good there. Okay, so one... Got one. Uh, honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy. I'm in church, right? And, and really, it doesn't kind of correlate, but it kind of does. So we'll, we'll go with that. Uh, not using the Lord's name in vain. I didn't do that when that guy cut me off in traffic. I think. Um, do not steal. Didn't take anything. Didn't belong to me. Great. Uh, but what about, like, murderous, like, angry thoughts? You know, you didn't like. It. I didn't actually kill anybody, but I wanted to. That guy who cut me off in traffic, or uh, as you were getting ready for church this morning, you know, you start screaming at your spouse. You know, you're gonna make me late, and I gotta go worship Jesus. Right? No, it never happens. Only in my house, right? Sure. Or your kids. Would you stop? What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Or um, lustful thoughts this morning, anybody? No, don't, don't raise your hands. Don't raise your hands. So when it comes to keeping 613, we know there's no way. When it comes to keeping 10, man, we're not even that good at that. We're breaking them every day. And The book of James says that if we're, we break the law on one point, we're guilty of breaking the whole thing. Well, now we're really in trouble. Well, Tell you what, let's boil it down even further. All right? Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Then he boiled it down even further. One command. He said to his disciples, on the night that he was, before he was crucified, he gave his com- disciples one commandment. One. One. He says, love uh, one another. Three words. Love one another. A new command I give you, love one another. That's it. Love one another. So, how you doing? Have you loved everybody you've met today? Did you love your spouse this morning when, when he was driving you nuts or when she was driving you crazy? I love you. I'm going to kill you. Which breaks like commandment number seven. Anyway, uh, so, um, so how are we doing? We're not doing so well. But here's the thing. What if... Forgiveness and salvation is not dependent on our ability to keep the rules. What? I mean, what if we're really free? like, What if we're like Outback and there are no rules? It's just right. But wait a minute, that's terrifying. That's scary because here's the thing about about not following rules or about not having rules, about being in a loving relationship with God. The thing about it uh, is that um, it's, it's scary because we don't know if we're ever good enough. We don't know if we're ever following the rules good enough. We don't know if we're ever following the rules well enough. We don't know if we're, we're, we're keeping the right ones and, and not doing the wrong ones and, and we don't know. We, we, there's a lot of confusion and a lot of fear that I'm, I'm not good enough and I can't be good enough and, I, and I, I don't know what to do. So what if, what if God is saying to you, quit trying so hard. I came Jesus says, I came to set you free. Free from the fear that you're not good enough. Free from the fear of breaking rules. Free from the fear of not measuring up. I came to set you free. And who the who the sun sets free is free indeed. Jesus wants to set you free. Free from this fear of, of being a rule follower. Free, free from this performance based salvation. Free from this works based salvation. The, well, I got to do this and I got to do that and I got to follow this rule. I got to follow that rule. Oh, I forgot to follow that one. I'm hosed. And we get so worked up. And we get so afraid. And we get so scared. Man, if I step out of line, lightning bolt, man. Or if I, if I don't do what I'm supposed to do, smite button, smite button, smite button. God is going to smite me if I don't do what I'm supposed to do or if I do the things I'm not supposed to do. I don't understand what I... And, and we're just terrified. And we're so afraid. And we're so fearful. And Jesus came to set us free from that. So I'm I'm not telling you that... I'm not telling you that you know, just sin willy-nilly and go out and do whatever you want, because that's that's not the point of freedom. You see, we don't. The reason that we do the right things and, and that we don't sin against God and others is not to be forgiven, because that's earning your forgiveness. That's trying to earn your forgiveness. No, the reason that we do the right things and we don't sin against God and others is because we are forgiven. You see, the freedom that God offers us, the freedom of salvation, the, the freedom that comes from Jesus, changes us. It makes me go, you know what? Yeah, I can do whatever I want. But why would I want to hurt God? And why would I want to hurt other people? Because the, the, what the Bible calls sins, the disobedience against God, it hurts God. And when we hurt other people, it hurts God. So why would I want to do that? Yeah, I can do whatever I want, but why would I want to? I've been, I, I've been set free from that. I've been changed by God. I've been changed by Jesus. I've received this free gift. How do I respond to that? By obeying God. By doing what He tells me to do. So I can please my Heavenly Father. A friend of mine always prayed, Lord, I want to put a smile on your face. And that's what I want to do. See, Jesus frees us from the fear that we'll never be good enough. He frees us from the fear that we'll never be good enough. Because we can't be good enough. I've said it before. You can't be good enough to be saved. You can try. But you're trusting in the wrong things. When you try to be saved by being good enough, you're trusting in yourself. And that flies right in the face of what grace is all about. It's not about trusting in yourself. It's about trusting in Jesus. Because he's the one who frees us. We are free from having to be good enough because Jesus is enough. What he did on the cross when he died for your sins and when he died for my sins, that's enough. He he doesn't say, okay, I'm going to die for your sins, but boy, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why, because I'm coming back again. You better watch out. That's not why Jesus died on the cross. He didn't die on the cross and issue a warning. He died on the cross and, in, and issued an invitation. And he said, we want you to, I want you to come home. And I want you to be with me for all eternity. I want you to come home and live with me forever. That's what Jesus wants. And He he doesn't want you to struggle with fear and He doesn't want you to struggle with works-based, performance-based salvation. No. No, He wants you to trust in grace. He wants to free you from the fear that you'll never be good enough and to trust in His amazing grace. Jesus, my friend. Jesus frees us from fear and he frees us from sin from performance based salvation and he frees us to accept God's grace